Inking, writing, laughing, crying, sketching, drawing, then more crying, trying, crying, feeling it out. Okay. Um, I'm recording too. Cool. No, You're I just. Recording to what? Hmm? You're recording to what? I am recording to my Zoom audio recorder, the H4N Pro. This thing is not cheap, Connor. Do you want to guess? Do you want to play the prices right to see how much the Zoom 4-channel H4N Pro handy recorder costs? I want The MSRP um, price. So, okay. I what's think the, what's the prices is, right theme? Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. I think it's $700. Oh, my God. Uh, no, it is a scant eight grand. You too what? could take this. Out. No, I'm kidding. I think it's oh. like three hundred. I think about it was a Christmas. Okay. It was a Christmas gift last year. Damn. <laughs> what are you recording on? Decent. Um. Uh. Just right into my computer. Cool. Just plug plug this into a USB. And what are those specs? Yeti takes care of the rest. Well, I got um. Uh. Oh, you got a pop screen. Yeah, I got a pop screen. On my Yeti mic, uh, nice. I think it's the Yeti Blue is the model. These things. Uh, I'm okay, familiar I, with the Snowball. The Snowball got me through a lot of composition days back in high school. Yeah, I got. I got to say for for any of our listeners out there who are just like, I can talk about my feelings and make a podcast too. Like, first off, go for it. Second, we can all. We should start a conglomerate. Third, uh, it, it's it's not the cheapest, but it's also not anywhere near the most expensive. But you get a Yeti Blue mic. Uh, your life will change forever. It is. is this is this even worth keeping? Is this interesting? Like the banter. Welcome to Kyle and Connor. Well, <laughs> fuck. Welcome to feeling it out with Kyle and Connor. I'm Kyle. I'm Connor. I am a podcaster, writer, uh, producer <laughs> with short term memory loss. No, with uh, 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 generalized anxiety disorder and depression. And uh, I'm a comic book illustrator, writer, uh, graphic designer. Uh, video game enthusiast, and I have depression of some kind and ADD, which includes uh, short-term memory issues. Oh, does it? Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah. Uh, it can. One of the fun many aspects of ADD that isn't totally known because there are so many things that can I've, happen. I am counting my blessings now, realizing that I've never really had issues, like re- repeatable issues with my memory. I've always had that in the back of my head as like, yeah, well, I can trust my memory. And I think it was like a, an argument or something the other day. Oh, it's actually related to Dungeons and Dragons is, oh. um, uh, it, this feels like we're telling it out of order, but it doesn't matter. It's our show. Uh, I've been like trying, I've been beating around the bush trying to make my own Dungeons and Dragon campaign. And I finally started in earnest the other day. Well, excuse me. And, um, I, I couldn't find my monster manual. Uh, for anyone who doesn't play Dungeons and Dragons, there's three books that come with it. There's the Dungeons, uh, the Dungeon Master's Guide, the Dungeon. What, what's that one called? <laughs> yeah, the Dungeon, the Dungeon Master's Guide. Okay, yeah, the Dungeon Master's Guide, the Player's yeah. Handbook, yeah. and the Monster Manual. And so <laughs> yeah. you don't need these three. You can find basically everything in those books online, spread out in various places. But if you want to support uh, Dungeons and Dragons, those are the official books from Fifth Edition. And I. St- it's, this comes back to my memory. I could swear to you, dude, that I own a monster manual. And I have vivid memories of looking at the Mind Flayer and writing down stats from uh, Drow and, like, vivid memories of ha- having and handling this book. 
in a setting where I am certain I was alone. It wasn't like, oh, I'm just misremembering when I was playing with my friends. Like, no, I have a memory of being alone and going through this book. But yeah. when I was looking for it, I could not find it. And I was so certain, certain that I owned it that when my fiance Derek posited, oh, um, maybe you're remembering that our friends had it and you're just misremembering that. I went from like zero to ten, man. I and I was really embarrassed, and I we reined it in really quick, and was just like, "Wow, that that was weird." But it was, yeah, it was like, "Why are you doing this to me? Why would you think? Are you gaslighting me? I know what I remember. We had that book. It's somewhere here. What are you doing?" And 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 both of us, or him, I think, having the wherewithal to remove himself from the situation, so we could just both go like. Oh my god, that was not important to me at all. Like, yeah, I can't find the monster manual, but the thing that I like exploded at him about was an internal terrifying realization that of, I can't like, trust my memory. memory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I think was the first time that's ever happened to me in such a way that I externalized it instantly. And I I'm like I could only imagine if I was a a person who had no vocabulary for my emotions, how that could instantly turn to poison and destroy a relationship. Oh, yeah, because it has in the past. And <laughs> let me just say that uh, someone who's on the other end of the spectrum are like, I, I, there are things I have vivid memories for that I have been told and shown proof that are just not true inherently. Um, I also, uh, have a, a pretty fair memory lapse of anything before I was like 15 years old. And on top of that, my dreams sometimes are so mundane in their subject matter that, uh, <laughs> for a while I would get dream memories confused with real ones because right. I was like, no, 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 you sent me a message. I just don't know where it is. And it's like, well, if I'm telling you I didn't send it, if it's not on my phone and it's not on yours and you can't remember exactly what it said, maybe I didn't send it. And it's at the point now where, like, I do the opposite where typically if, if – so if I were you, Kyle, and Derek's like, yeah, sorry, uh, looks like uh, maybe it was just one of our friends, I'd be like, yeah, you're probably right. And I would go from – I've gone from zero to ten when those few moments where I'm like, no, I know this is true. Uh -huh, like, I have a hundred percent. Uh-huh. And <laughs> – Dude, it's like that movie The Forgotten with um, <laughs> yeah. Julianne Moore where she goes on an airplane with her daughter and then she like falls asleep on the airplane, wakes up, her daughter's gone. She asks people on the airplane, have you seen my like, daughter? And they're like, you, didn't you, have did, a daughter? you never had a daughter. Like yeah. she, she was like 11 years old and everyone on the plane's telling her, you never had a daughter. Like that's that's what I was experiencing. That kind of, oh, Flight Plan. Sorry, it's called Flight Plan. Oh, uh, whatever. But I know The Forgotten is about. a different movie about alien abductions. Yes, which I I like that movie. But yeah, yeah it's fun. it's a it is a weird. But you're thing. making me remember a thing too that was probably the first time I had a dream that I insisted was real and acted on that was I I must have been like six or something. This is crazy that I remember this this vividly. I even remember the dream in my dream. My dad and my grandpa had like a gross pancake, and it was just like a really gross. It, it was like moldy and old, and they were trying to get me to eat it in my dream Ew. and i'm like a six-year-old kid even in my dream and i'm remembering this right now because when i woke up from it i was holding on to that for some reason and i was so angry at my dad uh, as like a six-year-old boy waking up that i remember i like pouted in my room and didn't get up and just sat there and waited for him to like come find me 
and and then I had to explain to him why I was mad, which is I had a dream where you tried to make me eat a pancake that was gross. And I, I can even remember in this moment a part of me knowing that it was a dream, but holding on to it because it, it felt so real. It was the first yeah. time that it's like, wow, that it bled over into reality that the feelings like I woke up angry. It's crazy. And, and the other are crazy. thing, too, is that I, I can't remember where I read it. It's not like it's a, a secret, but um, since memory is one of those things where you <clears throat> you don't technically, from what I've heard, I'm not a scientist, everybody, but you don't technically just like, ooh, I'm going to the old memory bank, and you like pull out a thing, you're like, here it is. It, it's, it's you, that that is part of it, but when you pull out that thing, you then, in in, in a split second, you take your ideas of yourself and who was involved and what it was. And not only does that shape your memory, but then you also take context clues from like other situations like it to alter this situation. And obviously there's some people who remember things very well. I don't understand how that works, but I, I remember reading that and just being like, Oh, so like nothing I can remember could be real. It all could just be an idea that I had about a situation. But that's it is like, I, I was terrified of letting go of the confidence that I feel and the like inherent safety that I didn't even realize I was accustomed to of have, of trusting my memory. And I, I, I remember thinking about it for a moment and thinking like, what if I just let go and I accepted that maybe I don't remember anything all that well. There was something really, really scary about that, but also, like, uh, uh, what's the word? Like, um, beckoning too. Mm. Like, like that sounds so much easier to just let go of all. Like this, this, this imagined control that I have over my past and my story and my life. Like, I can very confidently tell you that I remembered that it was a a. Uh, a gross pancake but for all i know maybe it was a gross waffle or some shit like that or maybe it wasn't even uh like i can i can tell you so confidently that that's what happened and yet it wouldn't take very much to incept in my mind that oh maybe that wasn't true but i might not say that out loud i'll be like that what who the hell are you i was six i remember i was in my house you want to call my dad let's call my dad and see what he remembers and then he'd tell me and he'd go I don't remember that. <laughs> like, ah, what do you know? Like, <laughs> and the thing you mentioned too about like other other things recontextualizing old memories, like even smells, dude. Mm -hmm. I have memories of smells that aren't necessarily attached to any one event. They're just like this thematic overture for this kind of thing. I'll be honest, it's feeling it out. I have a odor stuck in my mind and my brain for the first time I discovered pornography. And I will never lose that. It's intrinsically tied in my brain. This this specific smell of my of the office, my family's office, and very secretly, surreptitiously going on the computer and being so careful about what I'm looking for. And like that's always that's always interested me is that like hyper focused memory that's really just a smell for me. I've never really said that to anybody. That's interesting. Wow. That's crazy. Well, for I multiple mean, reasons. Smells are smells are powerful. So Seriously. Yeah. Like you probably can remember like the smell of a certain dish that your mom makes or something. You know Like I have spaghetti. I know spaghetti. I've eaten spaghetti in a million places, but no spaghetti smells like my mom's spaghetti. Or I my dad's. only remember people's smells. 
Oh, like they're like they're Musk. <laughs> yeah, like they're Musk, and it's unfortunate because there will be times I walk by and I'm like, oh, that smells like my ex girlfriend. I remember how my grandpa smelled, and sometimes I'll get whiffs of that, and it's weird. Yeah. It's like a mix of some colognes, and yeah. Yeah, and then when you, like, get past someone, I feel like when I truly connect with someone, I, I smell past their smell, and I get their musk, like you said, where it's, like, that, like, <laughs> poor smell. Uh, That's what I was going to ask, because, like, I feel like after a while, if you stay with someone long enough, your smells just kind of become the same, and you don't really smell each other anymore. <laughs> to be fair, uh, you know, B.O. and farts notwithstanding, I don't really smell uh, Derek anymore. I was... I was going to ask about Bailey, but you don't really live together, so. No. No. But, um. But it's hot, it, man. It's a real thing. I'm sorry. Remember someone smells. Oh, no, fucking anyway. Um, no, it is real. <laughs> no, I was going to try to artfully segue, but I, I, I stopped myself. Too late. Welcome to feeling it I out. Was going to say, I was you. going to say, oh, it's, it's so hot to talk about B.O. Um, I've. Uh, it's what is it? It's we're recording this on June third. It's like ninety-seven degrees out at six p.m. It's insane. Welcome to Southern California. Oh, boohoo! Poor us, Southern sunny Southern California. No, the reason I bring up the date is, excuse me, because our last episode we talked about the uh, the protests, the protests against police uh, injustice that's happening right now, and how. It was very much an emergency episode where we recorded one and then I went on the news and social media and came right back and we had to make another one. And I think it's I think it'd be good if we checked in like how how it's been for the last week, because as far as I know, it's been maybe I think 10 days is today the 10th day of protests officially. Uh, I don't know. I think it's only been I think it's only been eight days. Okay. Okay. I'm not sure. Well, I guess we shouldn't, uh, let's just, we shouldn't bury the lead. Uh, I'll just skip right to it. I protested, and I, I, I'm not, I, I want to talk about that, because it was my first time ever doing that, but Connor, I need you to help encourage me, because it feels really weird to make this about myself, but my sister told me, I guess that's a great place to first, to start, is, did you guys know I'm black? Well... I'm going to go ahead and speak for the audience because if you and I would mention it, I would put money on our audience not knowing. Did you know, did you know Connor's black? I mentioned it the last episode. Connor, did I tell you that I talked to my parents about this show and they thought you were white? Yeah, well, of course. I mean, everyone does. No, did did I tell you that already? You didn't tell me that, but I believe it wholeheartedly. Yeah, yeah. Is that um, I was talking to them about the protests and he was like, oh, yeah, you should definitely get on your podcast about it. It would give you really good two perspectives because you're black and Connor's white. (laughs) I went, wait, wait, wait. What? Yep. Not only is he black, he's as he's like, he looks like me. We look like twins. Yeah, it's. um, Yep. That's the nature so, of the game. Yeah, that happens so, all the time. But we are mixed. I think is also important to say. My mom is black and Korean, and my dad is uh, white, but he calls himself Sicilian because <laughs> his family's from Sicily. Well, but he's white. I I happen to be uh, just half black and pretty much half Irish. So okay, there we go. So so there it gives you a nice full picture of who we are and yeah. why I feel I've always felt kind of weird about this man like my my blackness and I don't know how you how, oh, how you deal with it but it's like when Key and Peele came out 
and was like showing like, oh, you have your black voice and you have your white voice that you use, you know, with certain friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. I I didn't have that. I only have a white voice, if that's uh, what you're going to call them. I, I never, it, it's something that I feel like is a, is something that I maybe should talk to a therapist about, but it's like, I was, I, I, I grew up in the nineties. My mother is black. She was around for a lot of, uh, civil injustice, both in, uh, Germany and here in America. And she informed a lot of my, uh, prejudices. I'll just say is that as, as, as uncomfortable as it makes me, I, even growing up, felt that my mom was occasionally, I mean, we're not going to dox her, but I feel like she was kind of racist against her own black people sometimes. That happens sometimes. And and that's the thing, is like the longer I've lived, the more I've realized how that's like, you know, you can call it a defense mechanism or whatever. It's so much more complicated than that. It's just down to the individual. I think it's my mom's way of... Uh, of of making sense of the world because she grew up for so long with things not being right and everyone pretending it's fine. But and how how is that? How how has been your experience with it? Because I actually have a very um uh I don't think it would fit in this one episode considering there's other stuff we want to talk about. But exactly. I have like very clear path of identity and like what that means and. You do. I, I do. I do want to touch back after you've uh, finished your point about like the the black voice and the white voice because I also have a very odd. Not odd. oh well. Let's stop there then. Let's yeah. What, what's your thing about black voice, white voice? Because I was about to oh. go off into a different thing. Well, so yeah, I uh, uh, I remember my racial identity kicking in when I like went into middle school, and I remember my whole journey with that and. Uh, I'm wondering how many mixed race people who listen to this, who have the half black in them, who go through this. But uh, there, I feel like there was a point where I was like leaning in really hard to being black for a while, and then I was like trying to ease back. So I'm like, no, no, it's like I'm not all black. And then I was like, no, I am all black. Fuck it. And and it's just been like this weird kind of roller coaster situation. And I, I, in high school, I had maybe like six friends or something who were all half black and we were all just half black together (laughs) and um it's funny because i didn't have uh a and for for the sake of this conversation i'll say i didn't have a a black voice until my junior senior high school and now that it's an established thing it'll happen sometimes like there's a while in college where I would push in certain areas, and I will say to Key and Peele's credit, to the point you were bringing up before, once I got it, I would notice me being around other black people. I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's happening. It's happening. <laughs> and it would just, like, like kick in. And it's, listen, I'm sure on the phone I still sound white, like, whatever. But I there have definitely been times, like, people who have known me for a long period of time um, but aren't hanging out around with me or maybe talking with me as much as you and I do. Uh, like actually I was, I was playing Dungeons and Dragons a couple weeks ago. And one of my players, I, I, I can't remember what it is that I said, but I said something. One of my players is like, damn, that's, that's a, like the blackest I've ever heard you before. <laughs> and I was like, oh like yeah, D&D. That, that that's hilarious. And it, 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 it usually, what's funny now is that when I get really drunk, if I'm in a crowd, it'll happen. more. <laughs> like, I don't know why. 
but it's it's a weird thing that I had to like actually create, um, which going back to Key and Peele, I remember that episode, which is I think one of the first ones, if not I the think first so, one. yeah, 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 and and they were just like, oh, it's just how it goes, because like your dad sounds black and then your mom sounds white, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> my my dad was white and my my mom has been criticized in the past for not sounding black enough, so I just Ooh. essentially had two air quote white sounding parents and i'm like there's there's mine too yeah no i i feel like and i feel like this is my privilege talking i want to acknowledge i grew up in southern california my entire life i uh, in irvine like uh, the planned community so i feel like i was really really lucky in that i had the childhood that i feel like people are fighting for right now where my race literally wasn't a thing i did not think about it my parents thought about it more than me and it always made me uncomfortable whenever they would talk about it and bring it up. And because it was just something that my friends didn't think about and I didn't think about. And like, I could, I could tell you that I I just, it's not that I pictured myself as white. I just was. And part of that is that I always identified myself as black Korean and Italian and so that always kind of muddled it and made me feel unique. Uh, that coupled with, I don't look like anything. People think I look Mexican or Persian or, um, it's always funny. The Persians think I'm Mexican and the Mexicans think I'm Persian. Uh, <laughs> well, one but, of them has to be wrong, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm none of them. In fact, that's like the only continent I don't have in me. Uh, but, um, I, I, I grew up in a place where race literally was not a thing and it probably was. It probably was around me to like my mom and maybe like the teachers were treating me different. I don't know, but I wasn't seeing it. And any time my mom would tell me, oh, you know, you're black, so they're probably going to mistreat you or they're probably going to give you less chances or it's like that was always it is like it, it was – I remember this one. Mom, I'm putting you on blast today. I remember there was this award. Uh, you know, elementary school, they always have these fucking stupid award ceremonies where the oh, goddamn parents have to leave work to come sit in the multi-purpose room so their dumbass six-year-old can walk across the stage, grab a piece of paper that says effort, and then stand in line with the other ones. I Did you ever shit, do those? Yes. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm sure I've been to. I'm sure I was in a few of them, but I remember even being a kid and being like, "I hate this." And there's always one kid at every one of those. It was always one kid that gets awarded like the the. Well, my school was Alderwood, so it was like the Alderwood Owl. Whoever like when whenever mm. that ceremony was, one kid gets to be the Alderwood Owl or two, whatever. And uh, it was like the school year was going through. They were giving away these owl awards, and it was down to. Listen, this is like, I won't say poison, but it's uh, affected by my mom's retelling of this, which is, it's now a combined version of, I believe that, I guess it was me and Derek, the other black kid in my class, were the only two who hadn't gotten the Alderwood Owls. Memory. And And it got all the way to us, and it was my mom and Derek's mom making a big stink to the teachers to get them our awards or to get us our awards, and so we got them, and I don't know if I knew that they had gotten involved before or after, but I want to feel like, it. yeah, I'm I'm going to choose to remember that they told me before, hey, we fought our asses off to get you these awards 
that you're going to receive today and be surprised about. Oh my god! So have fun, and and it was that, it, and it was I remember that feeling like I didn't feel like I was being mistreated. I didn't think anything of it. I thought I was just waiting my turn, if anything, or I just maybe, I don't I don't think I, I don't know if I thought about it. And I'm, I'm wondering, do you do you experience a a, um, a lot of that now? Because I remember being a kid and not thinking that. And my my mom, who who was the prevalent source of uh, the the uh, the 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 clear lens on uh, you know racial situations and the racial divide for me growing up, I, I remember there being a distinct time when I like was in senior of high school. I'm like, there it is. I see it now. I see all of it. I see. I see what you're talking about. I would have been one of the parents, like, well, why aren't those two black kids getting the award? What the fuck? And yeah. like. It, it, the thing is, is it could have simply just been that they were like, we're getting to them. It is actually just how it happened. Or maybe we were shitty. Maybe we didn't yeah. deserve <laughs> Be, I, You know what? I'd like to believe the word, but I don't fucking know. You never know. But but on the other hand, I'm just like, oh, oh no, it's because you're black. So I'm wondering, have, have you, has your view on that changed? Or do you now see areas like that? Or do you still not necessarily? Uh, I feel like I'm... I, I am a result of the of my mother and father. I mean, how, how obvious is that? But what I mean is, like, when my yeah, mom and dad you figured it out, <laughs> when 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 it, my dad would always be put in a really uncomfortable position if I came home. I'll use another specific. If I came home from prom and told them, "Hey, I had a great prom. It was a lot of fun." Also, this weird thing happened in the beginning when we were being let in. I got breathalyzed, but none of my other friends got breathalyzed. And when I asked, "Oh, what? Are, why? Are you, what's the breathalyzing like? Who are you breathalyzing?" The person breathalyzing me said, "We're doing every other person," which was a bait and lie because I was with right. six people and they only did me. And another Whoa. teacher kind of rushed over and was wait, like, wait, "There's an earthquake. Did you feel that?" It's still happening. Yeah. No, I feel it too. Holy shit. Welcome to LA, everybody. You all right? Yeah, I'm good. I think it's over. I think it's done too. That was just that was just uh, larger than I'm used to experiencing them. Wow. Yeah. Well, LA, everybody. That's that's most of earthquakes. Huh. What did you look at? How did you know? You usually have to find um, like water or something. I heard the litter box, which is in the corner of my studio. I heard the door move, and I'm like, is, is Manton in here? And I looked over the door, and the door was still shut, and then the door started to rattle, and then I felt it. Little earthquakes like that actually calm me down because it's the big one letting off a little bit of relief. Yeah. Um, anyway, sorry uh, to cut you off. No, so I got breathalyzed. Six of my friends didn't. They said we're breathalyzing every other person, and another teacher like swooped in and was like, "Yeah, it's random. We're just randomly breathalyzing people." And yeah. so I didn't really care about that. I didn't. But when I told it to my mom, she was like, "Oh, they were ra- racially profiling you. You got racially yeah. profiled." And I was really uncomfortable because I think part of me thought she was right, but the other part of me was like, I- "I'm a junior in high school, and I went to my prom, and nothing went wrong." I- it was fun, and now you're telling me, oh, I should have realized that I should have been pissed off and made a big stink or whatever. And so I, I was 
my mom was telling me, you got racially profiled, you should be pissed. I was telling her, I don't care. And dad being in the middle of like, like as, as a white person who only, who really doesn't have the experience, like he, he would want to be the dad and just tell mom like, okay, hey, you know, like lay off. But the truth is that what she's talking about is really important and really yeah. real. And so I feel like now, to answer your question, I'm both of that happening at the same time. I'm, I'm, I'm the white person and the black person, but I've definitely just felt like I've been in the white category. And I, I feel guilty because I, I feel like it's a mixture of my, nat- my nurture of like what I was told from a perspective of hey, I'm a black woman and I lived through like the 60s and 70s and I, I, I want to save you from all of the horrors that I saw and experienced, which is something that I totally understand mom coming from, but I'm also the white person who, who hasn't really experienced the actual, like I'm passing is, is what it's called, you know? Is that like... Yeah, I, I, I've, I've I'm, had I'm, friends who are, are like super passing where they look white. Yeah, I don't look white, but I don't look immediately black either. And so I've never really felt comfortable in the circles, but I've also kind of avoided them. Man, dude, I feel I feel weird, especially with this happening, but it's all for the sake of, like, growth. That once upon a time, I felt this way, and I'm embarrassed and ashamed because that's growth. That's me improving. But I'm embarrassed and ashamed that I was afraid of black people for so long. Look, man. I'm a black I, person, honestly, and I was afraid of other black people. For so Honestly, long. I mean, I, I was too. And, and part of it was because I just didn't grow up in that scene and I felt like I needed to do something, which isn't true. You don't need to do something. But I always felt like I needed to do something or I was like some weird phony. And I've had situations in group settings where like I have been like pseudo outed as a phony and it doesn't feel great, which is part of why I've... I have a black voice or I've like tried to work on that. But that, that is, I think a whole societal thing that I, we, again, we just don't simply the time to get into now. Well, well, that's, that's what I want to address right away is that that is such a backwards way of thinking. And I I can be ashamed of who I was, but I understand. I, it's so freaking obvious. It's so funny how like night and day it is that they're just, we're, we're just people. Yeah. We're just people. I will, I will say, though, that as I, I started to lean into it more, because I, I had a similar kind of situation where, where something would happen. My mom's like, race thing. And my dad's like, is it? And she's like, yes. And yeah. he'd be like, gotcha. But but he, he was more to, like, jump on to something and be like, that does sound like a race thing. But I didn't truly embody that mindset until, like, my first or second year of college. Like, truly embody it where, where something like that would happen. I'm like, ah, it's a race thing. But... What's interesting is that as I did that in college and then got out of that and then started to interact as stupid as this sounds, but I also, like Kyle, I grew up in Southern California, had a very idyllic sort of upbringing where a race was introduced to us so we would be prepared for the world and it wasn't something that just came up in like a social group. And I I am privileged because of that, but as I went through college and experienced some stuff and then came back. It's funny how now my mindset 
in any situation is like, that's probably a black thing. I'm not going to assume, but it seems like it. But now that I have that mindset, so like I was saying, I, I used to be afraid of hanging out, like talking with black people because I felt like a weird phony and that's just me. But now I have experienced that moment where I immediately, like 80% of the time, I immediately become friends with a black, a random black person, just immediately. And it's, it's so different. And I feel like now that I have this mindset of like, it's all a race thing. Now it's starting to happen. Well, that's, that's why, that's why I, that, sorry, that's why I, I I didn't want to forget the point. I, I, that's why I feel like I didn't belong. I didn't fit in with, with black people because I didn't earn it. Like I didn't, I didn't, I don't, I didn't earn the the same like rites of passage of fucking being black, like actual being black and having to like look over your shoulder when the cops are coming and all of that. Like, yeah, I'm afraid of cops, but not not as afraid as I frankly should have been and should mm. be now. But that that's part of it is like I I there from the outside looking in, I always perceived this like gate that I I never passed through. Like like I am a phony. I can't. I can't hang out with people because I. I don't understand them. But or I, I can't hang out with black people because I don't understand them. And that's so. That's. It's so. That's so old. I wanna. I'm gonna have to talk about my protesting experience another time because we're running out of time, which is fine. Leave them wanting more. Um, yeah. But. Uh, I was. I was going to. Wrap it up with a really good thought. Oh no. Read my mind. What was it? What were, we, was what were we just about talking about? My really good thought that I want to wrap up with. Oh shoot! Fine, I guess you get to. Yeah. Fine. Go ahead. <laughs> Listen. All, okay. My my wrap up. My cinematic wrap up thought for this episode is that. Um, I oh, I remember. Early. I remember. Okay, go. Mine, go, go, go. mine wins. Okay, so uh, I remember being at like Thanksgiving or something at my parents' house. Derek was there, and uh, Black Lives Matter came up, and. God, it's so stupid that at one point in time, Black Lives Matter was like kind of this like uncomfortable political thing that you didn't really want to talk about. And like at, in my idiocy, as young as I was, was like, I, I, I'm so embarrassed. I'm ashamed that I was like, I mean, don't all lives matter, really? And Derek, thank, thank you, Derek, like all but slapped me across the face and very calmly and calculatingly for like, you know, this was like four years ago or whatever, explained why all by why all lives matter. The sentiment and I mean, because it's inherently reactionary to black lives matter is racist and uh, inherently incepted into my mind by like the brainwashing capitalism machine. He didn't make it sound as dramatic as that. But the larger point was that he explained to me that it's like, yes, that is a point that we want to get to. We want to get to a point where all lives matter, of course. And you must acknowledge where we are. You cannot look to a goal without acknowledging where you are. And where we are is black lives matter. Because yeah. as we're seeing out there with the protests and as we've been seeing and as long... God, dude, like, this goes way far beyond you and me. Like, the reason... something, Yeah, this was the final thought, is that the reason my grandfather and my mother and her father and 
her, her father and all the other black people that came before me got busy and died resulted in me being alive right here in this moment today in the only moment that matters in our in our blip of a planet's existence not so I could sit at my desk and do my silly little job for my silly little paycheck it was it's it's so I can do something and so it's it's all lives matter is a place that we want to get to but that is so problematic right now black lives matter yeah and and my closing thought is that I heard it. I'll have to double check this for reference. Hopefully we'll have it in the show notes. And if not, I'll say it next time. But uh, Brian was telling me the other day about someone on Twitter who had posted this analogy I thought was great, where they said, all lives matter is a great sentiment. But the reason why black lives matter is most important now is because it's like, it's like uh, saying all lives matter now is like, during someone's birthday, everyone's going up being like, happy birthday, Kyle. Kyle, happy birthday. And someone's like, you know, everyone has a birthday. <laughs> and it's like, okay, great. Right <laughs> now we're dealing with Kyle, though. It's Kyle's day. We need to celebrate Kyle, not Janine, whose birthday is in five months. And the, the last thing I do want to say, because I think it is really important with everything going on, is that I, I heard something, something else on Twitter um, uh, where uh, I, I guess I can name drop her, but um, Mika Burton, oh. uh, who's, yeah, LeVar Burton's daughter, she had said something I thought was really poignant where she said, um, uh, uh, you know, she was trying to address everybody who was feeling scared of, of uh, going out protesting or anyone who couldn't or just felt uneasy about it and wasn't sure what to do. Um, she was relating to Dungeons & Dragons. She's like, look, if you're if in Dungeons & Dragons, if your character is a fighter... If something happens where you can't use your sword, you use your other skills related to fighting to solve the problem. Like a fighter uses strength to solve their problems. A wizard uses their intelligence to solve all their problems in the same way that if if your way of protesting is not going out, it could be other things. If you're better with social media, then like post there. Like, which I thought was a really great message because she was like, just just like whatever it is that you can do to contribute, like feel free to do it. It doesn't have to be one way. And I, I want all of our listeners and everyone message. out there to just remember that like you don't have to do it one way. It's okay to do other things as long as you are doing things. Yes, exactly. That's it. Is that once upon a time it was okay to stay out of it and just feel like, well, if I say anything, I'll just make it worse. No, right now is a time that, like, my sister helped me realize is, like, what we're talking about right now, the protests and all of this stuff, it's not about me, per se, because I'm, but it is, because I'm black. I am black, mm. so this is about me, and it's about you, and it's about yeah. everybody. And and it's about doing something. So so that's, that's how I felt. I felt, honestly, like on Tuesday or something, when it was, like, the, the social media blackout, which is bullshit, it's the exact opposite. It's, it's, even spreading something because the, the way that I thought about it is like if there is one person in the United States who is completely in a box and has no idea what's happening and the only person they follow is you and you decide to post something about Black Lives Matter, that's one more person to spread it again. Yeah. And so, like, even if you only have, like, two followers, 
everybody has a duty to say something because if you say nothing, you're with the police. It's that easy. You're with you're you're with the racists. You, like yeah. I, I, I I used to hate that. It's like oh flower power. If you're not if you're not part of the solution, then you're part of the problem. That's that's the truth now. Frankly, it is. If you're really, not part really of the is. solution, you are actively part of the problem. There's no neutrality. So I like yeah. what Mika said. Yeah, no, it was, it was good words, and I want everyone to keep that in mind as for someone who is struggling with... I'll use my int! With that this week. Yes. <laughs> and I'll roll a natural 20. Oh, no, nat 1! <laughs> oh, God. My head explodes! Bye. Bye. Crying, feeling it out!